There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is a WTOP original podcast. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. The Israeli-Hamas conflict is growing and the U.S. military is taking steps. We already maintain a sizable presence in the Middle East uh, in support of regional security and stability efforts. Uh, But as Secretary Austin announced in his initial announcement and then over this last weekend, uh, we are sending these forces over into the Middle East region to bolster our regional security efforts. Pentagon Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder joins us to talk about the three objectives the U.S. military has for this increase in forces and the general picture in the region. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. There are several storylines that have emerged from this conflict. One of them is Israel recovering from this massacre that took place, Gaza being bombarded and in a humanitarian crisis right now, what Hamas is doing, and now what it is the U.S. is doing, the military in the region. The Wall Street Journal reported today, October 25th, that Israel is delaying a planned ground operation against Hamas in Gaza because the U.S. is seeking to bolster air defenses for forces in the Middle East, which have been targeted in a series of missile and drone attacks. I asked Pentagon Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder about that. Well, in terms of the press reporting, you know, we're going to let Israel talk to their operations and their timelines. Really, our focus in our engagements with Israel is on ensuring that they have what they need to defend the Israeli people from terrorist attacks. You've also seen us talking about ensuring that we deter a wider regional conflict, which is why we've deployed additional assets into the region to send a very clear message that any actor, whether it's a state or a non-state actor, who might choose to exploit this situation for further escalation, our, our message is pretty simple, and it's don't. And then, of course, force protection is always a priority. And so, as you heard us announce over the weekend, we're, we're deploying additional assets into the region to ensure that we can continue to protect our forces. Building up the forces in the region, um, is there a specific uh, reason why these forces are being built up in the region? Yes, absolutely. You know, we we already maintain a sizable presence in the Middle East uh, in support of regional security and stability efforts. Um, but as Secretary Austin announced in his initial announcement and then over this last weekend, uh, we are sending these forces over into the Middle East region to bolster our regional security efforts uh, and also, again, send a, a loud and clear message of deterrence 
that we do not want to see this broaden into a wider conflict. And so by having these capabilities there, it provides us with increased uh, operational uh, capabilities and and the ability to respond to a wide variety of potential contingencies. Do you see any particular area in the region? We know that Iran, or rather Syria, <clears throat> Syria and Iraq have been specific places where U.S. forces have been targeted uh, with drone attacks and other types of uh, attacks. I suppose. Have you seen evidence that uh, this is going to continue to increase in the short term? Well, first of all, it's important to highlight that there's two separate things here. One is the situation in Israel, uh, which the the conflict there for now is contained to Israel and Hamas. And again, part of our efforts here is to work with our regional partners to maintain open lines of communication to ensure that this does not broaden into a wider regional conflict. Separately, as you know, we have forces in Iraq and Syria who are there to support the enduring defeat of ISIS mission. And so that's the sole reason for those forces being in Iraq and Syria, and they will continue to stay focused on that mission. However, we have seen an uptick in attacks against those forces by Iranian-backed groups. Uh, And again, we've said loud and clear that we maintain the inherent right of self-defense. We will take all necessary measures to protect those forces and our interests overseas. And so if and when we choose to respond, we would certainly do so at a time of our choosing. But in the meantime, again, we're going to continue to stay focused on that important mission. And I know this is probably very mundane for you, but for a lot of folks out there in the audience who may not understand what a carrier strike group contains, and I know you're an Air Force guy, not a Navy guy, but um, give us a sense of what, what what type of force a broad group like that contains that would be bringing to the region, first the Ford and then the Eisenhower? Well, sure. So by having the USS Ford in the eastern Mediterranean and then the USS Carrier uh, Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group in the Central Command Area of Responsibility, what it really does is it provides us with increased uh, aviation assets to include fighter aircraft, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance aircraft, maritime domain awareness aircraft, Uh, as well as a a whole host of other capabilities that are resident within that carrier strike group. But it's also important to remember, again, that we do have other air forces in the Middle East region, uh, throughout the Middle East region, uh, that are there to work alongside our partners to ensure regional security and stability. Uh, And again, those those efforts will continue. Uh, But as it relates to Israel, Uh, Our focus there has been on communicating uh, and coordinating closely with the Israelis to best understand what their security assistance needs are in order to defend themselves from terrorism. Yeah, one thing about uh, Israel's situation, um, there have been reports, and I think the Israeli Defense Forces has actually uh, released some video uh, of this, uh, the Hamas or the proxies, that Iran had assembled for this invasion of Israel actually used the sea and uh, seaborne assets or underwater assets to uh, to to try to be to, to be a part of this attack. And I think even in ongoing situations, so um, is the Pentagon taking that into consideration as it looks at uh, building out forces in the region to help Israel and to protect itself. 
Well, again, we're, we're looking at a whole uh, variety of, uh, of information here in order to f inform not only our decision-making, but also as we uh, discuss the situation with our allies and partners throughout the region to, to better understand uh, how, how to ensure that this, again, does not broaden into a wider conflict. The, the attacks that we saw on October 7 uh, against the Israeli people were horrific. Uh, 1,400 civilians killed, Hamas taking over 200 people hostage. Uh, and so the United States responded quickly, decisively, in order to reach out to Israel to determine what they needed to defend themselves. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we continue to stay focused on that effort, uh, as well as ensuring, that again, that this does not broaden into a wider conflict. No one wants to see a larger uh, regional war. Uh, no one wins in that situation. So we're going to continue to to uh, stay focused on that. General, apologies for asking you the same questions over and over for several days. That's kind of what we do in the press sometimes. And certainly, as you know, in the briefing room, that happens pretty often. But I thank you for taking time patiently to answer these questions. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you think would be important in helping our audience to understand the context of what's taking place and what it is that the Pentagon is trying to achieve? Sure. So, JJ, I'd, I would just highlight that, again, we're primarily focused on three things. Number one is ensuring that we understand Israel's needs uh, and how best to support them as they defend their people against terrorism. Uh, that involves a, a regular uh, communication between our leaders, discussing with them not only what their security assistance needs are, but also uh, talking through important aspects of operational planning like the importance of mitigating uh, civilian casualties and, and in accounting for civilian safety. I think it's critical here, critical here to understand uh, that no one wants to see innocent lives lost, whether they be Palestinian or Israelis. Uh, again, the focus is on enabling Israel to fight uh, Hamas and defend their country. The other two areas we're focused on is on deterring a broader regional conflict. We do not want to see this escalate to a broader war. Uh, but then also at the same time recognizing that it's important to take care of our forces and ensure that they're protected. So we'll continue to stay very focused on that uh, and, again, ensuring that they have what they need to be able to do their missions and do it safely. That, again, was Brigadier General Pat Ryder. He's the spokesman for the Pentagon. As this conflict has been unfolding now since the 7th of October, we're pushing well into our third week of this now. One of the big questions that's come up is, how did Hamas do this? Here's a piece of a conversation I had today with WTOP news anchor Dimitri Sotis about the situation. J.J., we are still learning more about how Hamas pulled the attack off in Israel, against Israel. What's the latest? Early on in this conflict, sources told me, and we shared this on WTOP, that it was highly likely that these Hamas and the other operatives that were involved in this had essentially gone off the grid and gotten uh, radio silent. They, they weren't doing anything on electronics. They weren't doing anything publicly. They were doing things underground, figuratively, figuratively and literally. And uh, we just heard the other day that um, they were using landlines. They probably were using pen and paper and speaking word of mouth physically to each other to avoid detection. This is very important because thinking Hamas wasn't sophisticated enough to do that. 
Why is this important now? Israel was surprised. The whole world was surprised, but the conflict is underway. So why is it important to know how they did it? It's important now because this was a surprise, but it's not likely to be the last time we see this kind of tactic. One of the things we've seen is them diverting back to old ways of doing things to stay out of sight, to stay undetected. And this particular situation suggests that they realized that there was a vulnerability using all of the uh, electronics and all of the intelligence technologies that are out there now. So they went back to the old school and tried to do it. So what this suggests and why this is important to know now is because it will probably happen or some other organization is probably thinking this is the way we've got to do it again. And so who knows? They may be at it even as we speak. What will this mean in the global terrorism picture? For the global terrorism picture, this is new life. Experts have been warning for years that terrorists have been quietly winning. They have been winning by launching small attacks in different countries, including the U.S., uh, and they've been winning as well when large entities like France and other countries leave the conflict areas. France had been in Africa for a good long time fighting against terrorism, they decided to pack up and go. And this is a big victory for terror groups. So they have used this momentum to do what happened to Israel, and they're going to try to continue to do that in other places. And who knows what they have planned. But I can say for sure, folks around the world are looking at this, meaning intelligence and military uh, and law enforcement organizations are looking very carefully at all of this. JJ, how is the U.S. handling this threat? Every single scrap of paper, every single intelligence intercept, every video, every interview that they have with people or persons who were survivors or victims' families or even people who are part of the Hamas organization, every single thing they say and do is going to be dissected. It's going to be taken apart. U.S. intelligence is looking at this very carefully because they recognize Terror groups often mimic each other, just as in this particular case, Hamas mimicked some of the things that had been done by Ukraine against Russia. So terror groups are going to see what they can extract from this to use to their advantage. So the U.S. is not letting anything in this go to waste. Do we face the same kind of years-long threat that we had from al-Qaeda and ISIS? Dimitri, one of the key adages that people in the intelligence world have quoted for years is that the terrorists say, people in the West have the watches, but we have the time. Meaning, they can take years to launch attacks, to plan attacks, and basically to keep the world in fear if the world chooses to go along with that. But here's the difference. After 9-11, it took 10 years plus to find Osama bin Laden and some of the other key players in that attack. When ISIS rose up, it took five years to subdue ISIS, essentially. So using that as a measuring stick and just looking at how time and technology and experiences all come together to fight an entity like this, it's not likely they'll be able to do this again ever because their leadership's going to be dismantled and the world is going to be aware of it. But it is a possibility, but it's something to consider. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode, the latest on the conflict in the Middle East and back to Ukraine. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. 
In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast.